It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. It was an honor to be contacted by the Museum of Fine Arts Boston, also known as the MFA, to have an episode about their upcoming exhibition, Fabric of a Nation, American Quilt Stories. Curator Jennifer Swope talks to me about the MFA and the quilt exhibition. This exhibition opens this month on the 10th, and Guthrie and I plan to visit it on Wednesday, October 27th. I'm looking forward to seeing all these wonderful quilts and hope that you'll have an opportunity to see them also. This special exhibition will run from October 10th, 2021 to January 16th, 2022. Make sure to take a look at their website after listening to this episode. So happy to have Jennifer Swope of Museum of Fine Arts Boston with me today. Thanks for being with me, Jennifer. You're welcome, Paula. When did the Museum of Fine Arts Boston open? The MFA opened in 1870, a long time ago, Mm -hmm. slightly over 150 years ago. How cool. Do you know who the founder or founders of the museum were? It was founded by two artists and essentially eventually led by a group of trustees or wealthy Bostonians who wanted to bring the arts to the community of Boston. That includes a little bit of my next question. Do we know or do you know the motivation why they wanted a museum there? They wanted to bring the arts to the community of Boston and to New England. It was a period of time when there were a number of urban art museums being established in the United States, a little on the earlier side of that. I think the very first things that it had the most of were plaster casts of classical sculpture and Renaissance sculpture, because that's what students would, they do life drawing. So it was founded by these two artists who probably use it as much a teaching institution as a sort of collecting institution. And a lot of early art museums had plaster casts of European master sculptors. Hmm. Interesting. Because it was the old way that you teach art was you teach life drawing from these plaster casts. Okay. Actually, the first object that was collected just two years after it was established was a European tapestry. Hmm. So the textiles that were collected were not those industrially produced, because if you can think about the 1870s was a period when in the United States, there was an incredible growth throughout the 19th century of the industrial production of textiles. So you can think of the mills in Lowell and Lawrence, and New England was at the center of that. And in fact, much of the funding and support came from the textile industry. Many of these early supporters and founders were beneficiaries of textile fortunes, essentially. 
and they wanted to give back to the community. But the emphasis was on handmade textiles, usually from the ancient period through the 18th century and in early 19th century. Uh, they really weren't interested in textiles made in their own time or produced industrially. And that led to essentially what we might think of as a bias against quilts. So quilts weren't really collected by the MFA until the late 1990s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well into its history. So there were quilts that came into the collection before the 1980s and 1990s, but they tended to be either family pieces or they were looked at as examples of embroidery or looked at as examples of folk art hmm. and not very many of them. Now, way back in the 1870s, did they have other exhibitions of things other than textiles? Yes, they had exhibitions. It actually was established. The building that the MFA is in now has been added on to several times, but the core of it was built in the 1890s, and it's a different site than where it was first existed. It existed as a museum in what's now Copley Square, which was a new square at the time, and there was a building built there. And then they moved to create the building on the space that it is now. The museum was very fortunate to receive, at the end of the 19th century and early 20th century, a large collection, about 4,000 textiles from Denman Waldo Ross, who was a design teacher, essentially, at Harvard University. There were a lot of ancient Peruvian textiles, and he also gave a number of Native American handwoven textiles. He gave Asian textiles and Indian textiles, all handmade or printed or woven or some combination of those. And his purpose in giving those was to elevate, and as a teacher, elevate the design sense or the competency of designers, essentially in the Boston area. So there was a real push for the United States in particular to create a generation of designers and artists themselves. And so to look at these treasures from 4,000 years of human history, go back to fully 4,000 years, but to look at these like real treasures of works of art, the intention was to educate the eyes and to educate the public about what beauty is and was. And neat. Yes. Yeah. That's and to make them accessible to people. And that's always been baked into the mission of the Museum of Fine Arts, that serving the public and making sure that these works of art that are in the public trust are accessible and the public can see them and learn from them easily. Nice. Now, Jennifer, how did you come to work there? I started working at the Museum of Fine Arts in 2002, and I was privileged to have the opportunity to catalog and look through the records of basically improve the records of the textiles that were made or used in America in the textile collection, which numbers over 30,000 objects. Wow. Yes, it was a great opportunity. So I learned a lot about the collection, which was just such a privilege. 
And I'd like to think that the database, which is available on the museum's website that anyone can go and search, is perhaps slightly better because of the work done by not just me, but many in many curatorial departments. Wow. Now, what is your position and what does it involve? I am the David and Roberta Logie Associate Curator of Textiles and Fashion Arts. Lots of words. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, essentially what I do is I work with the textile collection, which is global, so covers all the world and 4,000 years of human history. Although the vast majority are basically date from the Renaissance forward. Although not entirely, we have a wonderful ancient collection. Also many important pieces given by Dem and Waldo Ross. And so because we have such an important collection, we're often asked by scholars from around the world, people writing articles, people who are collectors, people who are enthusiasts to come and see the collection. Most of it is really not on view. So that involves someone like me, myself, making sure that the collection stays available to people who are interested. That's a big job. (laughs) Besides quilts, what other types of displays does the museum have? Well, we have really only one place in the museum where people can come and see quilts on a regular basis. And that is in part because quilts and all textiles that are light sensitive, which is most of them, can only be on view for 12 months or a year at a time. And then they have to go back into the darkness of storage to rest. We're fortunate to have a number of what we call rotations of textiles every 12 months in the permanent galleries throughout the MFA. So one of those spaces is the folk art gallery in the Art of the Americas wing. And in that gallery, we have a beautiful case where the quilt is behind glass. And so it can't be touched, but it can be seen very easily. And so we rotate an American quilt there every 12 months. Hmm. But the exhibition, Fabric of a Nation, American Quilt Stories, will have 50 quilts in it. 45 will be from the collection. They'll span 300 years or five centuries, however you count those, basically the late 17th century to the contemporary period. And it will really be a once in a generation moment to come and look at that array of highlights over that whole arc of time. So it'll be a very special opportunity. And that will be in the rotating gallery space the Gund Gallery, which is about 10,000 square feet. So it's a very large space. So obviously we all know that quilts are big, so you need a large space in which to put them (laughs) all together. That'll be a chance for people to see not just a single quilt in a gallery, but in fact, 50 quilts all together in one gallery space. Wow, that's a lot. Yes, yes. Can you tell me what is this exhibition, Fabric of a Nation, American Quilt Stories? What is that? about? What's the story? It is a story. (laughs) It's a story of stories. Excellent question. It is essentially we want to explore together with our visitors the evolution or the development of the idea of the American quilt 
in parallel or tandem with the idea of America. So how the quilt became associated or to sort of signify an American art form, even though we all know that it was made throughout the world. It's the fabric sandwich that many, many have made over millennia. And then this intersection with the idea of America or the United States. So to achieve that, we want to share our beautiful collection. We have five loans out of the 50, so very few loans, mostly uh, from other institutions and private collectors. So it's mostly from the MFA's collection, and it features an array of makers. So we have urban and rural makers. We have quilts made by communities of people. We have many more quilts made by individuals. We have functional quilts that were made and then eventually hung on walls as art. But then we also have quilts that were made to be hung on walls and experienced as a visual work of art, not necessarily made for a bed, but made in the same way with the fabric sandwich of three layers and stuffing. We have many quilts made by African-American makers, and we have a quilt by a Latinx maker and Asian-Americans and Native Americans. And we have people of all ages who have made quilts. We have some quilts that were designed and actually not made by the artist, but credited by the quilter who achieved that artist's vision. And we have quilts that were all handmade from beginning to end. So we want to invite people into the diversity of the medium and the diversity of the art form. And we're interested in their stories too. What are your quilt stories? Mm -hmm. I read it written that these are under-recognized. What makes you consider these under-recognized? Well, often when we think of either the standard story of American history, certain things come to mind, like the founding fathers or there's a certain way in which we might look at the founding of the Americas in their early colonial period. And the nice thing about quilts is that, and I'm quoting one of the artists who's what will be in the exhibition, Dr. Carolyn Matsumi, is that quilts are often can be described as a soft landing for tough conversations. So there are parts of our history that are difficult and they're complex stories. And the quilts that are on view are complex objects. They demonstrate a huge range of approaches to making and the stories told. So one of the examples that I like to give is as a culture, we really value individual achievement. And there are many quilts in the exhibition that are figurative quilts made by artists with a scene or something that's recognizable that is telling a very specific story to what the artist wants to tell. And then there are quilts that are geometric and abstract, and we don't know the name of that maker. There were probably many makers in a community, and they can really be seen as, as the product of a community coming together. And I think both of those aspects of our culture as Americans is important and tells a story that we can understand together. Thank you. You're welcome. Who are the quilters that will have their quilts on display? Well, it's a great question, Paula, because 
their stories are so important and we hope to highlight the quilter stories to the extent that we're able to in the interpretation for the exhibition, which will include an audio tour, we'll have a few video stops, and then we'll of course have object labels and gallery introduction labels. There are 15 works by living artists in the exhibition, which is really exciting. But then in many cases, we have pieces that were made in the 18th century for whom we don't know who made them. Their hands are unseen, unidentifiable at this point, undocumented, but they're important. So we want to make sure that in looking at these objects, these works of art, that we acknowledge those unseen hands and unpack these unseen sort of underrecognized narratives in this story, whether it's through the use of indigo to make a beautiful whole cloth wool quilt from 18th century Western Massachusetts to, we have a stunning, I call it a tour de force of design and execution. It's a Baltimore album quilt made in the late 1850s. So we might have some sense of who the makers were of the Baltimore album quilt because they signed individual panels, but we don't really know the whole story of this piece. And there was probably a woman who had the equivalent of an atelier specialty shop actually in her house in Baltimore. And she was a, essentially a professional quilt maker, but she was in a sense more, probably more like a designer who coordinated the making of a very special quilt from materials that would have been very expensive, imported cottons from Britain, and was probably made for a minister or the son or daughter of an elite family who was getting married. So we want to try to unpack some of these stories and recognize that a lot of these things couldn't have been made without the work of many people, such as enslaved African-American women who were brought to the Caribbean and South Carolina and cultivated indigo and brought with them generations of understanding, deep understanding of the cultivation of indigo and its use as a dye, or the many enslaved people whose hands touched cotton growing in a field before it was exported to Great Britain to be made into that very cloth that was made into a quilt. Well, this exhibition sounds so exciting to hear about the American quilts. What should I be looking for to get the most out of this visit? Well, that is just a great question. I think that there will be a lot to see. And each piece is very special because they it represents a highlight from the MFA's world-renowned collection. We hope that you'll be able to spend time looking closely at each work of art and considering how its story is related to your own quilt story. I know that you're an artist and a maker and your followers are also artists and makers and maybe something here will inspire new works of art. And we also hope that You'll enjoy the works as just beautiful visual objects and that you'll be able to share your stories with the people that you come with and that it will lead to 
perhaps a greater understanding of how together we are in wanting to create and have beautiful textiles around us. The quilts in the exhibition are all very special. While some of them were made as utilitarian quilts, they really don't represent so many of the quilts that are actually that have actually been made and used and, and used up <laughs> in many cases. So if they were made for a bed to be used on a bed, there's something extra special about them in other ways. And they have come to be considered art. So an example of that would be we have a beautiful Amish quilt that's in the exhibition. And we have a number of quilts made by artists of G's Bend, Alabama. And those are quilts that were absolutely made to keep people warm at night. And they've since become something to represent American art in the 19th and 20th century. I hope that you'll get some sense of appreciation for this art form, although I think you're predisposed to appreciate it anyway. (laughs) And uh, another really special thing that's going to happen is we are going to be able to show the Museum of Fine Arts, one of its most important quilts, and I think one of its most important examples of American art, the pictorial quilt made by Harriet Powers of Athens, Georgia. This is a very special piece. It's often requested by people to come and see it, and we can't honor every request, and we can't have it out on view all the time because of our requirements to protect light-sensitive materials from fading. So it will be up in the center gallery of the space, and it will be up with the other known Harriet Powers quilt, which is in the collection of the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. So these two quilts together, this display will be the first ever that her quilts, these two quilts have been shown together. In her lifetime, as far as we know, they were never shown together. They were made about 10 years apart. And in that period of time, there was no documented opportunity she would have had to show them together at the same time. But they were shown at World's Fairs and other regional fairs, so they were recognized in their time. And she was recognized as, she wasn't described as an artist at the time, but her quilts were recognized as important, important visual objects. And they told Bible stories, they told stories from oral history of the Leonard meteor shower and uh, forest fires from before she was born. And they're absolutely beautiful and moving quilts. So that will be something that I hope that people will come and leave themselves time to really take in and appreciate that moment and think about a woman making two masterpieces fairly late in life after her children had grown up and left, who was born into slavery and She and her husband taught each other. They learned how to read later in life. And she made two incredible works of art that generations of people have been inspired by. How neat. That's something to look forward to. Yes, it's going to be very special. When is the exhibition? The exhibition will open at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston on October 10th, 2021, this October. And it will close January 16th, 2022. And are directions on your website? Yes, you'll be able to go to the MFA's website and pre-order tickets online. 
that will allow for a timed entry to the exhibition. That's good to know. Yes. Is there anything else you would like to add? Yes. For those who cannot wait, I hope it's many, we have a publication that actually has a few extra quilts in it that is already out of the same title. It's Fabric of a Nation, American Quilt Stories. These are quilts all from our collection. The exhibition will have a few loans. This focuses exclusively on 58 quilts and works of art from our collection. And it is available on the museum's website on the same page that you'll find a description of the exhibition. Oh, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Paula. It's really nice to talk to you. Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.